Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. At some point in everyone's life, a person will take a moment to consider the question, Is there a God? Is there a God? It's a very important question, and I do believe that everyone at some point in their life will be confronted with this question. In order to answer this question, some people will consider that we have to prove that there is the existence of God, that this is how we should approach this kind of a question. However, there's no way to really prove that there is a God, in my opinion. In order to prove that there is a God, we have to subject him to the laws and the principles that we use in order to derive a proof. But our God is not going to be subject to the things of this world in such a way that we would be able to prove that he is. And so that leaves us with only one other option, and that is, can we find enough evidence to convince ourselves that there is a God. If we are not able to find enough evidence to convince us that there is a God, then that does not mean that he does not exist. That just simply means that up to that point in our lives, we have not yet found enough evidence. Now, I do believe that the evidence available to us is overwhelming and that if a person does not see it, then it is their decision, it is their choice to refuse to acknowledge the evidence that does exist in order to show that there is a God. As for myself, I personally enjoy the evidence of design, that when I look at this world, when I look at life in this world, living things, living organisms, and the way that this world functions, To me, the evidence is overwhelming to show that there is design, that we as living people have definitely been designed, that the way that living organisms interact with each other and the interdependencies that exist and the complexities are just so enormous that to me, the evidence is overwhelming to show that what we have had to have been designed that there is simply no way that what we have could possibly have just happened, could have possibly evolved. To me, there absolutely is design. Therefore, there must be a designer. And in my opinion, the evidence is overwhelming from a scientific point of view that there is a designer who has designed all of these things and our idea of God the idea of God in the sense of a person who exists outside of this world, there has to be a designer, and this designer must be a God who has created all things. So this is a question that everyone will be confronted with in their life at some point, 
And how they respond to this question will, of course, determine whether or not they recognize that there is a God. But for us to consider the question just in and of itself, is there a God? That should clearly show everyone that we do not know who he is. Because if we knew who he was, then we certainly would not even consider the question of is there a God or not. I think that's really important to recognize, that we do not know who he is, because if we did, we wouldn't bother asking the question. So if I assume that the evidence is overwhelming by the complexity of this world, the complexity of life, the complexity of design, that I believe a person can find if they will take the time and put out the effort to go and investigate the world that they are a part of, they will see that there is a God who has designed the world that we have. And if we don't know who he is, well, then we have to consider the question of why. Why is it that we do not know who God is? Is there maybe something wrong with him? Does God have a communication problem? Is he having trouble revealing to us that he exists and who he is? Is he having a problem? Has he been having a struggle? Has he been having difficulty in expressing himself in a way that we would be able to see who he is? I certainly don't think so. I do believe that he has presented himself in a way that only those who really want to know who he is will see who he is. And those who definitely do not want to know him, he has presented himself to this world in a way that he allows people to choose if they want to know who he is or not. And I believe this is very important to God because I really do believe that our God only wants people in his life who want to be in his life and who want him to be in his life. And so it is necessary for people to have a choice on that level as to whether or not they even want to acknowledge his existence. So I do not believe that he has a communication problem. I just believe that the evidence shows that he has revealed himself in a way that gives people an option to refuse to see him, to refuse to hear from him, to refuse to acknowledge that he exists, that he has not presented so much of himself that we still have a little bit of an option. And so there really is nothing wrong with him. I do not believe that there is anything wrong with God at all. So if we are not aware of his existence, we don't acknowledge his existence, and if we do not know who he is, then there is something wrong with us. There is definitely not something wrong with God. And so this puts everyone in kind of a unique situation. Are you going to acknowledge that there is something wrong with you, or are you going to say that there is something wrong with God, or are you just going to say that there is no God anyway? This is how people decide to respond to this kind of a question of if there is a God or not. Now, if a person will recognize 
that there is something wrong with them. If a person will acknowledge that, that the reason why they don't know God is because there is something wrong with them, not because there is something wrong with God. If a person will recognize that, then there is an opportunity to respond to that condition, to respond to that situation and seek out, search out some explanation with regards to how they might get right with God, how a person might resolve the issues that they have of themselves so that they will admit that there is something wrong with them and so that they might find the way that God has provided so that they might know who he is and be a part of his life and that he may also be a part of our lives. Now, look, the idea that there is something wrong with us should be quite evident. It should be very obvious to us in this world. All we have to do is look around and we can see that there is an abundance of dysfunction, an abundance. We have a lot of people in this world and we have had many generations of people in this world in recorded history. And our behavior definitely shows that there is something wrong with us. Not that there is something wrong with God, but that there is something wrong with us. When our God created this world, he did not create this world to be as dysfunctional as it is. He did not create people to be as dysfunctional as we are. There really is something wrong with us. He didn't create the world this way. He created the world in a way that people would have the ability to make a choice. People could choose if they wanted to be and live how God intended us to be and live, or if we would like to reject our God and reject his intent for our lives. Now, there's a long, glorious history to this. I'll speak about this in a little bit with regards to the creation of the world and the first two people who he started with and what happened after that. I'll come back to that. But for now, I would like you to consider that there is a God, that there is enough evidence to show that there is a God, that there is definitely something wrong with us. And with there being something wrong with us, we definitely have a need for our God to do something. We really do need our God to do something to help us with this condition that we are in. So let me tell you a story. This is a good story. It's a story of a person who was walking around and they came across a farm. And in this farm, there was a tractor that was plowing the fields and this tractor was moving in their direction. And when they looked on the ground, they noticed that there was an anthill. There was an ant colony, a colony of ants, a whole lot of ants that were living there. And he looked at all of these ants as they were scurrying about. They were doing their thing. They were looking for food that they could store for when there wouldn't be so much food available. And they had no idea that this tractor was about to plow over their home, over their existence. It was going to destroy everything that they had worked so hard to build. It was going to destroy their lives Some of them were definitely going to die as a result of this tractor plowing up the ground that they were living in. 
And so the person looked at these ants and they were thinking about them and thinking, gosh, you know, I wish that I could find some way to warn them of the impending doom and destruction that was about to happen to these ants. There, w- there, there was no way that this person would be able to communicate with these ants, to explain to them that there was a problem at hand, that they were going to suffer in a great way. They had no way to share this with the ants and so that the ants could do something about the situation that they were in, that they didn't even acknowledge or recognize that they were in this situation. The person recognized that the only way that they could have some influence and that they could communicate with these ants in a way that maybe these ants could have some salvation, the only way that this could happen is if this person would become an ant. Go to the ants and speak to the ants and explain to them that this is the way things really are. That the way that they thought things were just isn't the way things really are. That they were going to experience something dramatic very soon. And this person wanted them to make some different decisions about how they were going to live their lives and what they were going to do in response to this tractor approaching their home and the destruction that this tractor was going to do to it. So this is the only way that this could happen. But even if the person did that, what are the chances that the ants are going to respond? I mean, this person is going to have to do something phenomenal, something unusual, something that would convince them that they were definitely a person that these ants should pay attention to. Well, that's a story, and it's a reasonable story. I like the story. But this is a way of understanding what our God did for us. At a certain time in history, at a certain time and in a certain location, our God showed up personally as a person just like us. He came personally in order to speak to us about the impending destruction and about many other things that we would definitely appreciate and that we would value, especially when it comes to being able to have a personal interactive relationship with our God. And this is what our God did. Our God manifested in the flesh and dwelt among us and spoke to us and performed a lot of miracles in order to show that he was who he said he was so that he could speak to the people in a way that it was obvious that there is a God, that this God was here with us, obvious enough so that if a person really wanted to know him, they would see him. But not so obvious in the sense that if a person really wanted to reject him, he allowed them to reject him and to ignore him. And when he came, that's what happened. Not everyone believed in who he was, but he did provide enough evidence for those who would want to know him and who would accept the consequences of the truth that he revealed. And a person has to embrace a lot of consequences. One consequence, of course, is to acknowledge that there really is something wrong with you. You have to consider that the way that you are living, 
that what your life is about, that what is important to you, that maybe these things you will have to give up in order to embrace the reality of God and the truth that he has revealed. And so this is what happened. Our God showed up during a certain time in history, and he showed up as the Lord Jesus. And what we have in the Bible is we have the testimony of a number of people who testified, who wrote down, who documented what he did, what he said, and what it meant to them. In this program and in many programs following, I'm going to be going through the Gospel of John. I'm going to be reading through and teaching what John had to say about the Lord Jesus, who was God manifested in the flesh. This is how John presented him and spoke about him. Beginning in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So in the beginning, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Skipping ahead to verse 14, and of course I'll cover the other verses as well, but in verse 14 it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, of course, there's a whole lot to be said about these passages, and I will definitely take the time to speak about them. But for right now, I would just like to show you that this is the way that John wrote. He wrote this in order to say that we have a God who manifested in the flesh. He became flesh, and he dwelt among us so that he could share with us his grace and his truth. You know, if there is a God, then when it comes to just about any subject that we may consider, he probably has an opinion. What God thinks really does matter. You know, we may speak with each other quite often about things that are important to us, about what we think, about the circumstances of life, or the things that we see, or the things that we hear, or the things that we are a part of. But, you know, regardless of what we think is really important, regardless of what we think about these things, our God definitely has an opinion. And if he has an opinion, if he thinks about things in a certain way, we should definitely find out what he thinks, how he feels, and how he sees the world that we are a part of. Because what he thinks really does matter. What we think may not matter at all, but what God thinks does matter. So do we know him or do we not know him? And I think it's very important for us to think about this and realize that to know our God is important. To know what he thinks, to know what he knows, to know what he understands, and to be a participant in the things that he is involved in, is definitely important. And if we refuse to acknowledge this, then our life will definitely be incomplete. 
Now, one of the reasons why our God came and why he came at this time in history and why he came in the way that he did and why he lived his life the way that he did and the reason why he died, the kind of death that he died and why he rose again and resurrected himself from the dead, the reason why he did all of this was so that we could be saved. Because as I explained earlier, there definitely is something wrong with us. And we should identify and know what is wrong with us. Now, what is wrong with us? The problem that our God came to solve is a problem that began when he created the earth to begin with. Shortly after creation, the problem got started. When God created Adam and Eve, he created them to be living beings. And what that meant was, was that they were alive because of the presence of life within them. And in this case, it was the life of God. His spirit, his spirit of life dwelled within Adam and Eve. And because of his presence, they were considered to be spiritually alive. Spiritual people who could have a personal interactive relationship with their God, the God who dwelled within them. Now, God gave a law to Adam and Eve. The law was that they were not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If they ate from that tree, then they would die in the very day, in the very moment that they ate from that tree, they would die. And according to the definition of life, and the way that our God created Adam and Eve, they did die when they ate from that tree. The way that they died was that the Spirit of God departed from within them. And so this was the definition of the problem that would exist between man and God, and this is a problem that continued until the time when Jesus, our God, manifested in the flesh, when Jesus died for humanity, rose from the dead, and restored the spirit that was lost in Adam. That's a summary, a brief summary of the problem and the solution that our God has provided for us. The problem was that Adam and Eve sinned and they died. But the solution is that our God made a provision for forgiveness. He eventually provided for forgiveness and offered the Spirit, the Spirit of God, also known as the Holy Spirit, he offered for that to be restored to a person who would be willing to receive him, receive his forgiveness, and receive his life, then a person can be made into a new creation, a new creation in Christ Jesus, and be saved. That's a very brief description of the problem between us and God, that there definitely is something wrong with us, and a brief description of the solution that our God has provided for us so that we might know who he is and so that we might have a personal interactive relationship with our God. And all of this was accomplished during the time when John wrote this letter, and he wrote this letter to testify of what he personally saw and of what he personally experienced, of how our God accomplished 
salvation for us. Our God knew that Adam and Eve, or somebody eventually, would violate his law, and so part of his creation and his design was to make a provision for salvation. And John is testifying about the time when God invoked his plan for salvation, which was when he came personally as the Lord Jesus and died for the sins of the world. The reason why he did this was to invoke what he had planned before he created the world, knowing that there would be a need for a Savior. This is what John was speaking about in John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1 again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In verse 3, all things were made through him. They were made through him with the idea, with the intent that there was going to be a need for a Savior. It's not something that God made happen. It's something that he provided for with the expectation that there would be a need because of the decision that other people would make. And I will continue with this in the next program. Thank you for listening. This program is the first program in the verse-by-verse study on the Gospel of John. In this program, I simply presented an introduction to the book with regards to there being the existence of God and that what he thinks is important, and I gave a very brief description of the gospel, the problem and the solution, why Jesus came, what he actually came to accomplish. A very good program to listen to as part of this is the program found in the radio archive on the gospel. In that program, I explain the issues of sin, death, forgiveness, and the restoration of life in much more detail. And it's very important to understand this because this does give you the proper foundation to truly have an appreciation for what Jesus did and what he taught. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net thank you man.